We've qualified for the World Cup. Go and compete. Not the better for the death of Jack Charlton. It's a fair comment, man. That is a fair comment. I've been, uh, since the news broke on Saturday, I've just been going, looking at all the, the articles written about him, all the archive footage, the real in the year stuff. And uh, it has me in a bundle. I've seen a great article today on some uh, Loud, uh, County Loud website newspaper, newspaper mm-hmm. website. And um, it was it documented um it interviewed some man who owned a clay pigeon shooting range and he invite he's open since 1977 and it's still open to the day to this day yeah. but in 1993 he invited jack and the Irish squad up for you know a bit of re- relaxation yeah. and uh just did an interview about it and who who won who was who was how did jack do and blah 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 but the people involved um, in the clay pigeon place, they recorded the whole thing on an old camcorder for oh, an hour oh, and a half. Yeah. So the footage is there, and it's just so interesting. Like you're watching that squad doing the clay pigeon shoot. A 21 year old Roy Keane who just signed for Man United is, is is on the clips and all. It's it's just deadly. But yeah, yeah. I'm I'm good, but I'm very uh, sad about the death of Jack Charlton. Yeah, and and so say all of us. I think it's one of those. It, I think it is. I think it's a very unique moment in terms of what a person dying who manages to unite Irish football fans, English football fans, and Leeds United fans. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a very, very weird kind of Venn diagram of football fans that have been, you know, and I haven't seen anybody have a bad word really to say about them. It's, it's no, and sure, he's he he was adored over here simply because he oh. he lifted he lifted a nation for ten years. In many ways, in many ways, he almost made football acceptable again in Ireland. Do you know what I mean? Like he mm. he made people believe in football over here. Like where does well, it's like I, I listened to off the ball there during the week, and uh, mm. the um, who was it? Um, was it Mick McCarthy? or Kevin Sheedy, one of them were being interviewed and he was basically saying going to the matches, the supporters 
where rugby fans and GAA fans, because we were doing so well, everyone wanted a piece of it yeah. and everyone was so jubilant. Uh, and it, they were just brilliant times. Absolutely. And that's it. And I think, like, I don't know. I mean, like, look, I was, I wasn't even three during Italian 90. So, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I have great memories of it. But USA, yeah. USA 94 is some of my earliest footballing memories, you know? And I can remember yeah. Ray Houghton scoring against uh, Italy. As Pagliuca, I think, was in there for that match, wasn't it? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can remember loads was going out onto the green in Laurel Avenue and practicing our tumbles after Ray Houghton. You know what I mean? Ah, <laughs> deadly. <laughs> yeah, that's a great memory. But like, and Jack Charlton, I think, will will always be part of those kind of for me. What are my earliest footballing memories? You know. And yeah, well, I, I I was six at Italia 90, and I can remember where I was for every match. There you go, yeah. You know, and it. I remember, like, I remember, I remember just seeing, I remember watching the Ireland Romania match in the Ramblers and being allowed in to watch it, the only kid allowed in to watch it. Yeah. And I remember for the Ireland Italy match, I wanted to go to the Ramblers again, but I wasn't allowed, <laughs> you know? So, I, re- I remember just thinking how amazing the scenes were for that Ireland and Romania match in the pub that yeah. I wanted to do that again but I, obviously because I was too young or whatever I wasn't allowed but just fantastic times Absolutely and, and like the stories that people have been sharing about about the man and the kind of as you were saying some of the clips of you know people being chopping onions every time I've turned one on I think Ah um, oh, stop the light I, can't, I think second captains put out Ah um, oh, I was just going to say with a, I can't remember the name of the composer. It's an Irish composer who's passed away as well. And they combined his music with kind of Jack Charlton in his own words kind of thing. And it was just stunning. Absolutely stunning. Yeah. If you haven't listened Bump in to your it, throat. If you haven't listened to it, uh, just go on to Second Captains and I'm sure you'll find it. It's absolutely brilliant. Like, but, um, yeah, Jack, shine on. And, and thanks for the, the football and glory. I'm sure... Um, there's, there's not a single Irish fan who, who won't appreciate it forever. Like. But, um, who do we have on this week, Dan? It's a good question, Mero. Very good question. And uh, I'm, we've just finished, we've just wrapped up recording with him and, and it was absolutely brilliant. Um, one of those conversations that you kind of get lost in and we don't realise how quickly we've kind of approached the, not necessarily time limit, we don't really have time limits, but we just, you know, we don't want to take the piss with guests and kind of presume that they'll sit here talk to us for four hours while me and Mero will show you down for four hours. Um, but you know, in, in, and the way in, I go with the last ten minutes, but I need to ask this and I need to ask, need to ask that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But uh, in in the wake of the Black Lives Matter movement and the the momentum that grew behind that and everything else, there's been so many things that have happened over the last couple of weeks and well now months, I suppose. But uh, one of the the brilliant things that's happened from an Irish perspective was the creation of a social media page called Black and Irish. Um, and we're going to speak to one of the founders of that now. So, Jamie Bancoli, coming up on WTS Pod. So this week, delighted to say we're joined by Femi Bancoli, who is one of the founders of a, a brilliant Instagram page that's been kind of taken Ireland by storm in many ways. And um, it's called Black and Irish. Femi, thanks, Mel, for, for coming on to the podcast. First of all, man, really appreciate it. Not a bother. Thanks for having me. Delighted to be on one of these. Um, Thanks so much, man. Tell us a little bit about the, the Black and Irish page, first of all. I'm sure like, most people know about it at this point, but just for, for anyone who, uh, who doesn't know about it. 
Yeah, so uh, it's an Instagram page that um, myself and the lads started off. It's actually, it's been only six weeks. It feels like an absolute lifetime ago, but it's just been six weeks. So it's an Instagram page that we, we set up uh, in the, as a result of the George Floyd protests uh, a lifetime ago, uh, whereas we'd gotten like, you know, I attended the protest and we received a lot of backlash online. We, as in people of Ireland, uh, over like, you know, attend the protest, be like, you know, this is an American problem. This doesn't happen in Ireland. Why are you protesting, etc., etc.? And me, the lads, uh, jumped on a call. We we're just chatting. I think Bonnie, one of our co-founders, he lives in England, and he's like, "Oh, lads, should I should I go to the protest?" And I was like, "Oh, I don't know, man. See a load of backlash over here, overish. Uh, you know, people think there's no racism in Ireland." And we had a laugh about it. We we're like, "Do you know what?" Uh, it's Dion's idea. It's like, let's make an Instagram page where we can talk by racism in Ireland. And, you know, we put a face to racism and have people, you know, know that as a black and Irish community in Ireland, people share their stories, uh, you know, put a face to racism. How many followers have you got now? Or something like that, which is... Oh, my God, after six weeks? <laughs> yeah. It's utterly ridiculous. I, I don't know. I think I tried, like, piece together. I was like, how did we get here? I think, oh, yeah. what is it? Uh, I think, like, in the first couple of days, obviously, like... Bonnie is a TikTok star. So he'd have like, you know, three or four thousand followers on his Instagram. And so yeah. like, I was like, I am like a social media, like, I have no clue, but I have like 100 followers, right? And then, <laughs> so the lads, anyways, we shared out our page. She got like a thousand followers, also like all of our mates. And then I think there was um, a drag queen, her name was like Via the Lady, and she like does a little witchy Wednesdays at George. And she just loved what we did. And she's like, oh my God, I love you guys. I want to message all my mates to share these. Then she messaged a load of our mates. And I think like Brent Courtney, he's like a designer kind of thing. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. Her page. Yeah, you know Brent Courtney. And then he was like, oh, I'll get uh, Laura Whitmore to share your page. And it just snowballs. <laughs> it was just like all these people <laughs> each other to share her page. <laughs> and we were like, what the heck is going on? It was like, this is crazy. So loads of people shared her page. But I don't think it was just, you know, people sharing her page. I think it was like, you know, really being a bit serious it was like you know it was actually like you know people coming onto our page reading the stories that were posting and that really resonated people and that kind of like pushed them to want to share the page if that, if you what were the stories that you were sharing was it just uh of Irish black people yeah it was just like you know this is tom i think it was the name of the first one. i think it was brian james who was the one of the first one sharing he's like you know hi i'm brian james or whatever I grew up in this part of Ireland, or I was born in this part of Ireland. These are my racial experiences uh, growing up in Ireland, and this is my hope for Ireland for the future. So that's kind of like the um, the template per se of you know of the stories we deal with. So it's 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 very important in the sense that okay, listen lads, we've had racial experience in your country, right under your nose. You know, a lot of people are saying it doesn't exist here. Well, it's like well, it does, and here it is. And here's my story, and here's John's story, and here's Jim's story, and here's Sarah's story. And if you're going onto the page and seeing all these things and all these different stories, all of them with like you know some sort of a trend, you're like, oh, like you know your human side comes out, you become all empathetic. You're like, oh, oh crap, like you know, like I sorry, I don't know if we can swear or not. Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. <laughs> you, you won't stop me swearing <laughs> and uh, there's no way you go on and you read those stories just as a human being that you don't start to become empathetic and it kind of like 
you know, gets you woke to the situation. And you're like, oh, okay, maybe I do need to change my way of thinking. Maybe I do need to be more aware of what's going on. And, you know, that in our eyes is a very, very good uh, starting point in combating racism or discrimination. Yeah, I think one of the things as well that kind of jumped out to me when, when I kind of first started following was the, the, the stories of people who are living, obviously, through all this now. But you guys then have started to kind of sprinkle it with historical figures as well and some of the stories from kind of, you know, like, like obviously, just with, with Jack Charlton passing away, obviously Paul McGrath kind of came to mind there. But there's been ones that have been littered throughout history that you guys have been dropping in. Yeah, do you know what? We started learning about our history because <laughs> you know <laughs> we were never we were never taught in school or whatever. So like you'd be shocked by you know like what you discover when you go when you go out like you know search for search for information. So we thought we'd have a uh, you know Irish History Week because you know in my head you know I'll put my hands about like you know oh yeah black people have only been in Ireland since like you know first of all I was like you know since the two thousands because that's when I moved here and I was like you know the mass emigration of mostly Africans. But then you go back to a bit further, you know, in the 1960s, and you think of, like, the Windrush generation, you know, flocking over to the UK. Yeah. If you think about it, these lads are flocking over to the UK. Of course, you're going to have, you know, people flocking from the UK to Ireland as well because, you know, that's how emigration works. So I was like, oh, yeah, then you have you go to the 60s, you'd obviously have, like, people of Caribbean descent come to Ireland. But that just, that still isn't, you know, it goes back like, hundreds and hundreds of years. Uh, I thought it was very interesting that we had um, Daniel Connell, which we all learn about um, at uh, secondary school, primary school. But he was um, an abolitionist and he really campaigned um, against slavery um, in Ireland and in America. But he also had like Fred, Frederick Douglass, who was like, you know, American slave. And, you know, they went around Ireland trying to bring, you know, um, awareness to the uh, issue of slavery and, uh, you know, and campaigning to abolish slavery. So it's just, it just goes to show that I'm sure, you know, if we went back hundreds and hundreds of years, we'll find some more fascinating things. So I think, yeah. you know, we were trying to, again, like, you know, it, it kind of, what we're trying to do there is, if you think about it right, so if you're in, in school as a black person, right, and you only learn about all these white historical figures, subconsciously, like, it starts to affect you, starts to affect your way of thinking, starts to affect your diversity of thought. When, and, when, and when, when you're in school? Yeah, when you're in school, yeah. Just as a black person, right? Okay. If you're like, you know, I'm not, I'm not being represented in what I see, okay? Especially yeah. at that young age when you're like, you know, you're very impressionable. Yeah. Um, if you're looking on TV, you know, on Irish TV, it's like, I'm not being represented in, in what I see. So the point I'm trying to make there is in terms of like, the history books, it's like, we're not taught that in back in school. So we're, we, we're just like, oh, well, you know, like black people just didn't exist in a positive way in the history of Ireland or in history at all. Whereas, you know, if that is shown to you, it's like, even me right now, it's like, oh my God, like, you know, d- you know, if someone's there saying to me, oh, you know, black people just oh, in Ireland, like, you know, to meet you off the dole or whatever. It's like, actually, no, we've actually contributed to the history of this country. Yeah. You, can't, you kind of get what I mean? So, you know, that for me, is where the history is piece is very very important. Yeah, I, like it's it, it's crazy to think that you know because obviously over the last couple of years, kind of I've become more aware of kind of like the the, the whole white privilege thing and kind of I might have come from a working class area and a working class background, but I still had so many advantages that other people wouldn't have. That 
you wouldn't think of when you're a kid necessarily, but then you're given the context there of something as simple as, you know, history and school. And whereas I sitting there, I'm kind of going, oh yeah, Michael Collins, oh yeah, I'm a devil era, oh yeah, and it's like little bits of relatable stuff there. You'd never put those bits, so it's really important that from a young age, kids are able to see that. Like it's it's huge, really, but something that people just don't think about. Yeah, like hundred percent, and it's it's something that even like you know our education ministers or the people actually make curriculum haven't thought about, and you know it's like it's really like accumulation of all these like subconscious effects uh, mm. of you know of, of what these things have on your development. I think we had one girl on on live. Uh, we have these um, weekly lives on Instagram, yeah, half an hour where we discuss like uh, different topics, and we had um, Amanda Ade on, and she spearheaded the um the protest in dublin and we we're talking about um representation of uh black people in the media right and i find this super interesting and you know the point i'm trying to get across here is like you know having that relatable bit as a black person growing up right so right now for example i'm in my late 20s like nearly 27 right so i know i have grown up and i know it's like okay if I see some shy on the TV that doesn't adhere to my values, you know, I just won't do it. Or if I see different things, different ways of people being represented in the media, you know, I know to like research things. I know to take things with a pinch of salt, right? But if you're in their key development, 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 <laughs> I can't speak. Only Meryl that does that. Yeah, it's usually me. Cul-de-sac. is the most famous one, yeah. <laughs> I won't say that word, but you know the word I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're in those stages, you know, between like, you know, 10 and 21, when you're really, really impressionable and, you know, all you're seeing in, uh, in media and all the things that you consume, whether it's social media, whether it's film, TV, whatever, all you're seeing is black people as, you know, roadmen, gangsters, wearing tracksuits, you know, being lazy, being gangs, being thugs, you subconsciously, whether you like it or not, start to play into those stereotypes. And it's horrible. Like, I see it right in front of my very eyes. I have a 17-year-old brother and a 15-year-old brother. All they want to do is, you know, chill with their mates in, like, large groups and congregate for, like, no reason. All they want for Christmas is, like, the Air Max 97s and track suits and do-rags. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why do you want that? It's like, oh, because it's cool. But it's cool because all the music that they listen to, all the people that they see, that's what that's the cool thing that they're doing. And that's kind of like where we go, when we go to buy, you know, we want like diversification in the media. We want better representation of black people in media across all aspects so that we're not forced to play into a specific stereotype. Yeah, but so when you were in school and you were uh, consciously or subconsciously, you were, uh, no, you were consciously recognizing that, oh my God, I'm not being represented by the lessons I'm being taught. So, like, would you have would you have went to a teacher and would you have said to the teacher, is there, like, where am I being represented here? Or was it a case of a reflection when you left school and you're going, geez, I'm actually... There's no black people in Irish history. What's what's going on? Is that is that is that how your experience was? Yeah, if I'm being very honest, um, you know, not I'm not going to give give myself credit to be like you know at a young age I was woke to this. I just thought you know, oh, this is school. This is what I'm meant to learn. This is society. This is where I'm supposed to act. There's it was it's 
only upon reflection that I'm like, oh yeah, like why were we not taught by these things? It's only like how on earth can you teach us by Daniel Connell in school and not taught by Frederick Douglass? It's like um there was a there was a podcast uh maybe two years ago, Blind Boy did with Spike Lee and he was telling him about Frederick um and uh Spike Lee was just like I think Spike Lee might have heard of him, but Blind mm-hmm. Boy kind of educated him on him. So then mm-hmm. Blind Boy gave him a book on him and now there was there was talk at, at that point in that conversation that um Spike Lee was possibly going to do a biopic on him because he found mm-hmm. him so interesting. So it's like, yeah, you're being told about Daniel O'Connell uh, and what he done, but why aren't you being told about the slavery part? Now, do you think that, do you, like that is a huge missed opportunity, okay? Mm-hmm. And do you think the, the, the educators who are coming up with the curriculum, do you think they are purposely leaving that out? Or is it just a, a mishap or do you think that they're 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 racist like yeah to be, to be fair i always like to see um the very best in people um maybe it's yeah. to a fault um and i don't like it i like to think that like people who are like outright racist like i hate black people specifically because of the color of their skin there's like little to no none of them in the world okay so i would ne- I, I don't think that you know they're doing it on purpose or I think it's more that like, especially like large institutions, such as people are making a curriculum or like education system. It's like, oh, well, this is the way things have always been done. Why would we change it? I, that's what I, 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 I think it would be very, very unfair to be like, they're going out of their way to, you know, why? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's getting to conspiracy theories. Well, uh, yeah, I suppose, and I suppose as well. In in a, in another sense, it's like um, the minister for health the other day. Um, he posted a photograph. Um, having uh, that uh, he was conducting a meeting with the maternity hospital, and there was eight individuals in the photograph and one female about a maternity hospital. Like six or seven men going to happens woman in a maternity hospital. So it's probably kind of like along the same line in terms of the curriculum that is it's like like you said why would we change it there's no reason to change it you know and they're kind of going well it's like in the last like you said in 2000 um there was a lot of diversity in ireland a lot of uh <coughs> i've seen it in my own school we had palestinian guys in my class you had nigerian uh, guys and girls in our, our class and um, but we didn't see the, the the education kind of change and not like I mean it's not going to change overnight yeah. particularly in the year 2001 or 2002 when uh, there was a lot a lot of immigrants coming into Ireland kind of not for the first time but certainly um certainly there was a lot more than than previously so mm-hmm. would you be hopeful that there is room for that for the next generation of of Black Irish people? Absolutely. And do you know what? I think to kind of like go back to your point, being like, you know, are people are they just gonna turn around and change the curriculum and improve things? If if I'm saying that, you know, people don't like things to change, like it's just the way we've always done it, what I would then expect, and this kind of goes back to my argument around representation everywhere. So if you had 
more black teachers. If you had more black people actually like, you know, being teachers and becoming educators, then they can have an influence on what goes into the curriculum. But what, you know, what, what kind of I've discovered is, for example, so with this large influx of immigrants that come in uh, in like the early 2000s, you know, I'm Nigerian, right? Nigerians are renowned educators, okay? You know, a large proportion of uh, Nigerians who would have come over here would have been teachers back home. But obviously, if they're teachers back home and they're like, oh, I would like to be a teacher in Ireland. First roadblock you have is you can't be a teacher unless you have Irish, unless you can speak Irish. And that already ostracizes and, you know, means that like you can't have diversity in education we can't we've had 20 years like how how are we supposed to diversify and imprint okay we need to teach the kids by different code and it's not just even by black people only it's by just all minorities and like you know if you look at the uk for example you know they've had like an influx of like you know um obviously they're like decades ahead of us in that sense like but they had an influx of immigrants the immigrants assimilated society um, they wouldn't have a ridiculous requirement such as you have to speak Irish to, um, even I, I do understand the reason behind it, but I don't think it should be an obstacle to become an educator. Yeah. Um, you know, so in the UK, they ha- sorry, go ahead, Danny. No, I was just going to say, I'm 100% with you on that. I think it's, it's one of those weird things where, like, don't get me wrong, I understand the heritage, I understand all that sort of stuff, but I don't think being able to speak or it should be, uh, like it, 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 there's no reason for it to be a roadblock. If somebody is, is qualified to do all the rest of it because they haven't got a couple of focal shouldn't stop them from being in a classroom like yeah well i think they should concentrate on on uh on the curriculum for the irish language in schools in the first place to be demanding or to not to be demanding but to have it has that other criteria i'd love to be able to speak irish um but I don't think it's 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 taught well in school. Just based on my experience, obviously yeah. there's people out there that are Gaelgors and, and and they did it. So sometimes it begs the question: Jesus, if they did it, why can't I do it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like if you really think further into it as well, like obviously, like if you go, if you're studying to be a maths teacher or a physics teacher or whatever the heck it is, like obviously you don't need Irish to be able to do that. Like it makes sense if you're going to be like you know maybe like a primary school teacher where they have to teach all subjects or, you know, you're, you're going yeah. to, you're going to like teach. I didn't know it was the criteria for a secondary school teacher. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Cause I was, I was, uh, we were like speaking, we had someone on our live uh, a couple of weeks back and he's a teacher. He trained to be a teacher in Ireland and Zim's Tyke. And he's also, he's currently now a teacher in the UK. So we were able to get like loads of like, you know, differences in like how the UK do things and how Ireland do things and it was like really really like you know, fascinating stuff mm. and you you were mentioning there earlier kind of about kind of representation in media and that kind of thing and as we were saying that I was kind of in my head I was trying to rack my brains and it could be me being ignorant or it could just be kind of a damning situation where you know there aren't many kind of uh, you know black people or even people from different backgrounds rather to be Middle Eastern or whatever, but I, I, I'm struggling to think of any commentators in Irish society who are regular contributors to RTE News or you know TV3 News or whatever. I know over the last week or so I've kind of seen news articles about uh, kind of Erica Cody because of the stuff that happened. But you know I, I know that's a whole different thing. Like, but I've seen Erica's name come up a little bit lately. Um, 
Emma De Beardy, I think, had stuff recently as well. But like overall, I I don't think there is a, a voice out there that's really representative. No, as again, like I'm the same as you. Like you know, I wouldn't not that I wouldn't pay attention, but you know, has it hasn't come across my radar. I'm sure if if it was if there was you know more diversity in like the Irish media, as such, like we we definitely hear about it. But I've no, I think we're struggling in that sense um, yeah. in Ireland, and I think we have a long way to go. Yeah, to uh, fixing that situation. Yeah, I think so. When you were in school, Femi, did you experience any um, racism? Yeah, of course I did. Like, quite a lot of times. And do you know what? I So, again, I was saying to you, I'm quite, quite a positive person. And it's just like, you know, my personality. And I think initially when we started this page, you know, or this platform, people were sharing their stories. And I remember, it's like one of the days, and I was like, oh, like, what racial things have happened to me or whatever? I was like, oh, I can't remember. And he's like, what's going on? Like, I know loads of things have happened to me. It just turns out that, like, I just suppressed all my memories. By me being such, like, a positive person, whatever, it's like, when anything bad happens to me, I just, like, you know, I just ignore it. Like, it was hilarious, actually. One of my mates, uh, what was it, like, a month ago, we were chatting. He was like, do you not remember what happened to you, like, six months ago? And I was like, what are you talking about? So we were, me and two two lads were out on the night out. So two lads were white, right? And uh, we were on Dawson Street. And we're going into one of the bars there in the lines. Like, obviously, like, we were, like, absolutely locked, which is obviously totally acceptable, right? And uh, <laughs> we're standing in line <laughs> trying to get into this bar. And uh, this fellow, like, walks in front of us and screams at me, like, blacks to the end of the bar. And what? the lads were going mad. Yeah, in Dublin, Dawson Street, right? The lads were going mad. But, like, I had to be the one to, like, diffuse and calm the situation. But then, like, I swear to you, right? I'd like my mate had to like remind me of the um situation, like not just like remind me. I was like, he was like, he was like, oh wait, what? I think I have memories. Like you had to like, you know, fully like describe it right for me for me to like remember it. And I was like, oh my god, like I need to start dealing with these issues rather than like you know like normalizing because the issue is like you know this is normal. Oh yeah, you know it's normal for someone to make like a horrible comment from, to me. Do you know? Do you kind of know what I'm saying? So it's like it's, it's normal yeah. that like oh yeah, that just happened the other day, and I just totally forgotten about it. Do you kind of get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You're kind of it's kind of like um, Femi. I'm a wheelchair user, so um, I would experience discrimination all the time. So and I completely relate to what you're saying there because it's a situation where like I've often said to Danny and, and friends and family that if I'm driving to the supermarket and I see somebody. Uh, in a wheelchair spot that they shouldn't be mm-hmm. like I'm thinking about that when I get into the car at home and I'm on the drive to the supermarket and I'm thinking and I'm thinking am I going to have to face a challenge here am I going to am I in the mood for an argument am I you know and it happens so yeah. many times that like you get fed up then coming home and telling your dad or telling your mom uh, uh, what, what's wrong with you oh nothing that's grand and then yeah. the next time you might say you, you might be in a mood for a row or a confrontation you might say look, you're actually parking there and you shouldn't be. And you get into, like, not, I always say to people that I'm driving 10 years and I would say I have to approach somebody, let's say two, three times a month, okay? Um, Not one person that I've ever uh, approached has ever apologized. They're embarrassed. Mm. They, yeah, they've never apologized. They're embarrassed. Um, and 
but they always put the head down and they always say like oh it was only going to be five minutes the point on the, I know I'm waffling now but the point I'm trying to make to you throughout the whole um, Black Lives Matter um, situation and when you're trying to when, when like Danny was saying there about white privilege I was trying to explain to friends my situation being a wheelchair user is comparable to um, black people's situation and I said, I was basically saying, you will never experience that because you have white privilege. Yeah. You will never experience um, driving in your car and thinking on your way to the supermarket, am I going to have a row here? You know, no, you're like, like you put it at the back of your mind, like you go out with your friends on a Saturday night, like you might be thinking as you're getting ready, oh my God, am I going to experience anything tonight? Because I do. That's how I do yeah. it. Like if I'm, if I'm ready to go into the city centre, I'm kind of going, Okay, which pubs are going to turn me, refuse me? Which nightclubs are going to say, sorry, no wheelchairs tonight? Because that happens. Yeah, you know? 100%. And that's the point I'm like, I think like the white privilege is trying to get across. Because it's like, you know, I can say that, you know, like I empathize with you and I, oh, I understand how you're feeling or I understand what you're going through. But, you know, I don't. <laughs> like, I, I can say I do, <laughs> but I don't. You know, it goes back to the point where it's like, you know, oh, that was horrible that, you know, someone, you know, parked in that space or whatever, and it's put you at a disadvantage to, like, accessing this venue. But, you know, like you're saying, like, it's deeper now. You're thinking about that all the way to and from the supermarket. It's going to affect the rest of your day, you know? Whereas if I'm empathizing with you, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry that happened to you for, like, five minutes, and there it's done. There it's <laughs> done. That's it. Yeah, exactly. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Because I was trying to... I was trying to, I had a couple of conversations over the last four or five weeks in, in trying to describe the correlation um, between my situation and, and I was seeking empathy from people that didn't have empathy for the Black Lives Matter situation. And mm-hmm. I'm like, will you, I'd be kind of saying to people, will you respect me? Yeah. I have happens to me, if I'm going to the supermarket and then from the supermarket, I'm going to the pictures. I have to think on the drive to the supermarket and on the drive to the pictures, I have to think, am I going to get a confrontation somebody over parking in a disability spot? And that's only one little thing. But like, like you said, I might tell somebody about that experience and they, they'll, they'll show instant empathy about it. But like they, they can forget about it. Whereas I have to, and you have to live with these things. And it's kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, but it's, is it the same? It's like, of course it's the same. Like, yeah, like and, you don't you don't have to experience anything. You don't have to experience about worrying about a disability parking spot. You don't have to worry about uh, the color of your skin. And I was I was saying basically minorities when they enter a room they are judged based on their minority. You're not judged on your minority, and you'll never be judged because you're not a minority. So that's white privilege. Exactly, it's, it goes with you. You know, wherever you go, whatever you do you will still be like, you know, in a wheelchair. Again, wherever I go, wherever, wherever I do, if I'm applying for a job, whatever, like, I can't help it. I'll still yeah. be black and free, <laughs> free, preconceived, you know, biases and, you know, prejudice and subconscious, like, fascinating stuff that comes with that. Yeah, and that's absolutely. what we're trying to make people aware of. Like, you know, check bias. And the difference is, is that um, black people are dying because of their color. I'm not dying because I'm a wheelchair user. Thankfully. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, I mean, 
they, they, like it's just trying to get people to understand and educate them and people have to be open-minded and being educated like your con- people human beings are constantly learning so don't be afraid to to be open to that learning you know what i mean yeah, 100%, 100%. Jamie, when you, because at the start of it, you kind of mentioned that, you know, the, the, the protests um, in America kind of is what sparked kind of you and, and the guys setting up the page. But as you were kind of watching it on and watching the events unfold in America, you know, like the developments since then, how have they made you feel do you think the situation has got better do you think it's got worse has it stayed more or less the same but just people are kind of talking about it what are your feelings on how things are going i think my feelings are in two stages right so initially when the whole thing kicked off i think it was a good sustained month mm. uh whereas you know it was forefront of people's minds forefront of the Media, you know, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, you know, all the names I would constantly mention, justice, this, this, and that. You know, and when it initially happened, I was like, we've seen this before. It was literally two weeks before there was your man, Ahmad Arbery, who was like, you know, hunted down when he was going for a jog and shot, yeah. right? There was that lad, and literally like two weeks later, George Floyd happened, and your man's name was never, like, have you heard his name since? No. No. So, the whole, you know, Breonna Taylor and George Floyd things, I was like a bit apprehensive about it. I was like, oh, here we go again. But, you know, it was sustained and it sparked something. But, you know, in the last three, four weeks, have you heard anything else? You know, Breonna, Breonna Taylor's, uh, whatever, killers still, have still not been arrested. But mm-hmm. there's rumours that, obviously, like, you know, the guys who, uh, the police officers who, uh, who killed, um, George Floyd, I'm pretty sure I was reading somewhere today that they're being arrested or being afforded bail or something like that. Like, yeah. it's going to change in that sense. As in, like, we've seen it all before, and it's like, like, it's like, <laughs> it's like you know, like, there's nothing, nothing's going to change. Like, but the only thing that I am grateful for is that, you know, conversations like this happen, you know, yeah. and it's, it's, you know, organization, like, organization of, uh, of platforms like ours have spun up. There's loads yeah. of other things that have, like, started. So, you know, it's a spark. And we're just hoping that we can uh, use that spark, that sustained spark, and turn it into some sort of massive flame uh, and keep it going. But it will be very, 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 very different. Like, I'll give you examples. Like, you know, we'd be doing our lives in the first couple of weeks, you know, we go live every two, twice a week and we're talking and discussing topics. And, you know, we were getting loads and loads of like, you know, engagement, loads of people viewing them. And over the last like three weeks, whatever, you know, everything's still the exact same, but, you know, it's just all died down. Not that no one cares anymore, but it's like, oh, yeah, we've just moved on to the next thing. And, you know, that unfortunately is human nature as such, but um, that's where... Like, that's a social media age, is it, Femi? Yeah, it's a social media age. And it's also, like, there's something that I'm always, always very conscious of, and that's um, an echo chamber, right? So an echo chamber, it's like, you know... I'm surrounded with like-minded people because you know, they're my friends. So whatever I see in my newsfeed, it's like, oh yeah, I'm seeing loads of things by racism. I'm seeing yeah. loads of things by um, whatever. But you know, that doesn't actually represent what's actually like you know happening in the real world. And that's where like you know, social media is probably like detrimental to you know movements like this, Thank or you. you know, detriment. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So it's it's a it- difficult one to balance and manage. It is, and it's crazy, and it's one of those things. Kind of like we we've touched on it in the podcast before, and we've talked to people about it before that that whole thing of 
on social media, like on Facebook and all that, like so many people get their news and get updates from just their social media platforms now. And because of that, all they're seeing is it's that confirmation bias keep you know, it just keeps coming to them because, you know, in my opinion, you know, blue is the best colour in the world. And therefore, all the news feed I have is just other people who are like, man, blue looks great. Blue is the best colour ever. And I'm like, it is. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. And every so often, I like to dip into two places. More so kind of just, not, not necessarily to take their opinions on board, but more so just to see what kind of things people are saying. And those two places are the Daily Mail comments, which are fucking bonkers, to be honest with you. And then dipping into the MAGA people on Twitter. And like, you're like, I'm, like I'm what? Did you do that to yourself, man? So yeah, yeah the, the reason I do part of it is for entertainment, right? Because I'll give you an example on the Daily Mail's comment section. Um, it was around the whole uh, D-Day anniversary. They had just a big article about how Union Jack flags were being made in China and shipped back to Britain. And one of the comments on it was from someone and it said, my grandfather didn't fight and die in two world wars for Union Jacks to be made in China. And I'm like, hang on, hang on. He fought and died in two world wars? Like what, you know what I mean? Just people just, <laughs> like the MAGA people then, you're just seeing. It's, like, it's outrageous. Like I just, I don't understand that. And you're getting like, a couple of weeks ago, NASCAR banned the Confederate flag from their events. Now, NASCAR is probably the whitest sport on earth. Like, it's just insanely white. Like, And if they're starting to move towards banning things that can be symbolized as, yeah, there's, there's definitely a kind of racist history involved with this. But the outrage from some of the people, and it's not, they're not justifying it. They're, they're literally just saying, I like that flag because... It's, it's history, and I want it there. And it's like, yeah, but can you not see why people don't want it there? It's just bonkers to me that these people are, are given, well, social media gives them a platform, firstly, but that they actually think, yeah, I'm going to put this voice out there. You know what I mean? Man, 100%. Like, I, I try to not necessarily stay away social media, but I, I feel like people don't... Uh, Form your opinions these days. People just, it's like, oh, I need to be outraged at this because everyone else is to this. I need to be, what I, I started doing, right? So I don't know, uh, Nero, I know, give me something that you, you're outraged by or like goes against your moral compass. I, let's say, like, you're outraged by um, parking disability spots, right? So I'll be like, why? And you give me a reason. And I'll be like, okay, why again? And you give me a reason. So if you're really passionate and you form the thought, from yourself, you should be able to answer a why three times. Okay. Next time someone says so, some outrageous opinion to you, not just like a different opinion to you, just ask them why three times and see if they can answer you. And I can I can tell you now they won't be able to answer you because people don't form their own thoughts. People think they form their own thoughts, but they're only forming thoughts, you know, that's being projected on them based on this, you know, confirmation bias that you're talking about. Yeah. And it is scary. Yeah, and it's 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 a lot of a lot of it. There's there is um, a lot of that is manipulated by probably is is it all generations? I'm gonna say that like you'll often hear somebody tell you a story 
and they're saying it as fact. And it's like, no way. Where you hear that? Oh, so-and-so said it on Facebook. And I was like, oh, here, would you feckin' stop? Like, you know, and then, and then you go back and you say to them, oh, look, that story you were saying turned out it was false. Yeah. Of course, who said it was false? Well, the journal fact-checked said it was <laughs> false. Oh, and you trust the journal? It's like, oh, here. Oh, man. No, it's too bad because I try to do as well. Like, it's like, you know, let's say something outrageous happens or whatever, or, and it, it doesn't matter what the situation is. Maybe something I feel really passionate about, uh, you know, and it's like, okay, what's happened here? And, I, you know, the first, first thing people do is like, oh, I'm going to share this all over my, like, my social media newsfeed. I, like, refrain from doing that with, like, almost anything. It's like, okay, how do I really feel about this? Okay, take, like, the day and, like, really think about it. It's like, you know, why does this, why am I outraged about this? How does this make me feel? You know, like really like think about it. But because we live in such like a fast paced world, it's like, oh, well, something's happened today or right now and I need to like react right now. And it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's leading to our detriment, even like in terms of, you know, you were saying that NASCAR um, banned the use of uh, Confederate flags. I took, for that one, it's probably like an isolated incident. But, like there's been like, CEOs uh, resigning so like you know they're uh, you know so that a black person can take their place just like ridiculous yeah. thing like you know like you know TV shows uh, being taken off like Netflix whatever and I was like I'm telling you now okay no black person is asking for that okay yeah. that is a tokenistic gesture that you think like okay oh we've done things wrong past we need to fix it no what we're asking for is very simple you know representation in media People to stop being killed, like our qualities of life to be, you know, to be changed, but gonna, to be to be improved and not be like, you know, reflected by like the color of our skin. And yeah. just getting all this like silly tokenistic gestures. I'm like, I know for a fact that no person's asking for that. Yeah. Do you kind of get what I mean? 100% get you. Yeah. And, and the, 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 there is that crowd of um, people, a cohort of people on social media that when you hear of a, an episode of a show that's being removed based on blackface or based on, on something, and they're like, oh, here we go, here we go. And it's like, the protesters aren't asking for that. They yeah. not, like that's, and, and number one, the protesters aren't asking for that. Number two, if you really wanted to watch it, we live in an online age now, you can watch that episode if you're going to miss it so much. You know, stop with the fake controversy. Do you know what I mean? It's I 100% agree. Like it's the, crazy. The, the other one that I thought was brilliant, just when you say fake controversy, man. So you know the whole term like calling someone a Karen. You know this. Whole, yeah. Right. right. What? <laughs> Karen. A Karen. What's that? Like, oh, a Karen. Karen. Sorry. <laughs> I feel like C A I R. Right. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Some I, I don't know where or who who said that on Twitter, but somebody put up the screen grab this woman who, uh, like, her name was Karen, and um, she had put, like, that people shouldn't use the word Karen, that it is just as offensive and wrong as using the N-word. And, like, the amount of responses that were, like, the fact that you have said N-word but said Karen tells you you're fucking wrong. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. Brilliant. That's a brilliant response. Mind blown. Just mind-blown to me that someone oh. would be, like, like, you know what I mean? But that, it, Karen joke is going to be gone in about six weeks. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's an yeah. bad kind of thing. And it's, but to compare it to something like that, I just thought, oh, like, that's where people's heads are at. Like, 
yeah, yeah exactly that's 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 where people's heads are but it's like it's like we were saying earlier on people should be open to be educated um <laughs> i mean i'm sure femi i'm sure like you know if somebody um you know uh you're 20 you're you're 26 years of age and someone you know before you arrived in ireland uh they they might have said something racially that they didn't think was racially um motivated but you're kind of saying listen man you know just to, you know that that was that was racism there now if that person reacts to you and says well who was it ah oh, for god's sake or if they act and say jesus family thanks so much for thanks for that that's what you want you don't want people to get defensive but unfortunately i think there's a there is a lot of people that do get defensive when they're told they're wrong as opposed to they're told oh Geez, thanks, thanks for the heads up there. Thanks for educating me. Yeah. No, 100%. And you know what? Just to like further on, further on, like, you know, analyze that point. There's been something I've been thinking about recently, right? And I, I haven't fully formed my opinion on it yet. I'm still thinking about it. But it, it's the question I'm asking myself is, right? It's like, you know, when do you stop being a racist? Okay. The point I'm trying to say is that, you know, someone has, you know, you know, being a racist in the past or said racial, racial things or racially abused someone. So it's like, you know, it's, it's like, how many times do they have to say sorry? Or, you know, when do they get forgiven for, you know, those past indiscretions kind of thing? Like, I still haven't like, you know, fully formed my opinion on it yet, but it's, I feel like that's, that's a huge thing because, you know, again, so let's say for example, you know, Danny, you had racially abused someone in the past, either, be or being ignorant right yeah. and you said you know i'm sorry you know are you still a racist or do, 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 do you mean do you mean like how sincere is the apology or no no how sincere is the is it that whole thing of kind of like so somebody could in the past have made a racist remark or had an opinion that was racist but you know let's say 10 years later through a little bit less ignorance and a little bit of understanding, they realize it was wrong. So somebody can, can at some point in time, have had a racist thought or said something racist, but that doesn't necessarily make them a racist today. Is that kind of... Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And the reason this whole thing kind of sparked in my head is was, you know, it was around like the whole cancel culture, which hmm. irritates the hell out of me. And what was it? I think it was like, oh... I can't remember Jimmy Fallon or one of the guys who does those TV shows in America. Yeah. And he did like blackface on Saturday night live, like 20 years ago. And then there was outrage like a month ago. It was like cancel Jimmy Fallon. I'm like, wait, what? Like, no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <Yeah. laughs> like it just doesn't work. Like, so it's like, you know, like he did something wrong. And like, you know, 20 years, two decades ago, 20 years ago. Okay. Yeah. And he's done lots of other things currently to, you know, to disprove his past, is he still a racist? Yeah, you kind yeah. of, so maybe his is an extreme example because, you know, the timeline is, is quite long. No, no, I think that's a perfect example. Yeah. Like, Femi, I, I'm 35. When I was 15, I was on a school trip in Italy. Um, and at the end of the trip, we were having a fancy dress. And prior to going, me and five of my friends, um, we said, will we dress up as the Jackson Five and get the Afros? And we actually, we, the four, four of us did blackface, okay, at 15. And the fifth person said white. The purpose of us doing blackface was to emphasize the fifth person was Michael Jackson because he was white. <laughs> like, but, like, 
it was it probably wasn't until I was twenty two or twenty three where I was kind of going, Jesus, was that was that appropriate? Like, like we we the the I, I said earlier on we had uh, black uh, students in school and Palestinians, but they didn't come in until fifth year. So when we did that, we were in third year, fourth year, and we were kind of going. I was kind of going years. I never discussed it with the, the my friends at that time, but I kind of said to me when I was reflecting on photographs, say in the er, my my early twenties, I was kind of going, Jesus, that is that appropriate? It's like you know it's like I'm someone like, dressing up as someone in a wheelchair, and I'm like, oh, that's not really appropriate. But it's like, how would you have known? And the, the, the reason why I'm excusing you per se is because, like, you know, like I didn't know. You know, I always felt like you know this might be wrong as such. Maybe maybe that's a push. Like. I didn't know what blackface was until I was in like my like nearly early twenties because like I had to go off like and like you know I, was, I grew up in Ireland okay you're not taught it you might feel that it's wrong whatever but if you don't understand why it's wrong you will do it do you kind of get it's like I had to go off absolutely and like, and like you know research you know what's a minstrel oh this is what this means oh this is what this means so if your kids if at a young age aren't being educated on this. Blackface will happen until they go off and, you know, yeah. <laughs> and research it themselves. You know, like you hear a million and one times where people are trying to do hairspray or whatever it is, or high school musical, whatever the hell you call it, back as like, you know, the third year show, the fifth year show, out in the sticks, and everyone is doing blackface on stage and it's condoned by the teachers and the parents alone. And again, that's more, in my opinion, it's like due to a, a lack of education. And it kind of like, you know, leads back into like, you know, what we're doing with the page. It's like, you no. Know, we put a face to racism and people are sharing their stories. There's no way a human being, you can't be empathetic towards it. We educate people on, you know, blackface and the mutual movement and slavery and really understand why it's led to the place black people are today. There's no way as a human being, you won't be empathetic towards that and you won't be actively anti-racist. Do you kind of get what I'm trying to say? hundred percent. It's that whole thing. Can I ask? Sorry, I was just going to say, it's, it's that saying, that whole thing of like, uh, what, is it, what is it? Do, what is it? Sorry, hang on. Do, do your best until you know better, and when you know better, do better, or something like that. I can't remember the exact yeah. phrase, but it's not that that sentiment. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. What's the? Uh, excuse my ignorance, but I'm gonna be educated now. But what's the minstrel thing? Okay, so right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so the the whole the whole point of blackface and the minstrel is um. So, do you know, like, 1920s, so Minstrel is, I'm going to botch this up, like, it's like a cabaret show, like a, a show on stage, right? And instead of, um, obviously, black people existed at this point, but instead of, like, getting black people to play themselves, represent, play themselves as a character, they had white people dressed up as black people playing them, okay? And here's why certain things are wrong with it. One, they would, you know, do black, face black, and they would, you know, exaggerate their features, okay? So, like, Massive lips, massive noses, whatever, right? But even worse, okay? So Mistress Shows is pretty much like going to cinema back in like the early 1900s, right? The only thing that they represented, that these people were doing blackface, and the character that they played was one of like a lazy person, a dumb person, an absolute idiot, someone who's less of a human being, okay? So if, if that's what, you know, the media back then is perpetuating of black people, that... It's like, one, you're not getting a black person to play themselves. Two, you're representing the only negative aspects of a black person, okay? And that, till this day, then has, like, that's where all your biases are coming from. That's where, like, no, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, well, 
I seen in that show that that black person or lazy, black people are lazy, idiots, whatever. So, well, I definitely wouldn't employ one. Ew, I don't want one around me. Oh, my God. And it's like, it's having all these, like, preconceived, you know, um, opinions on, on someone just based on the color of their skin. Do you kind of get where I'm coming from? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's, I, I, again, I'm probably not doing the full justice. I know, I, I, I didn't know what the, the, the minstrel thing was. Now I get it. Yeah. So yeah, that's, 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 literally, that's literally where it comes from. I never um, heard of a minstrel show. Yeah. <laughs> I, when was, you said about it, I was like, oh, it's not the sweets. Please don't touch the sweets. No. <laughs> <laughs> Can't have them because they're black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it is, it's, it's, it's one of them, I suppose. It's kind of, it's, it's, I think sometimes people are ignorant first, racist second, if, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? I think that yes. they, they don't... Like especially in Ireland, where you have the the classic saying, "I was only having a crack," she was only having a laugh, and it's kind of like, "Yeah, but I mean, you're having a laugh at someone's expense, and it's because you don't understand." Like you, you know what I mean? It's that whole thing, and I think sometimes, yeah, it's it's a weird one because, as you said, it definitely that 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 uh, what you said there, one ignorant, two racist. That I think that definitely applies to Ireland, and yeah. I think I think the naivety of somebody um, is that they're being ignorant to their opinion and they wouldn't accept that they're racist um, because they're actually ignorant to that too. Yeah. 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 Think, and it, sorry, go on, Femi. Sorry. No, and also, like, just in Ireland as well, like, you know, a lot of us, especially like our generation, like, you know, we grew up here as well. It's like, we're also Irish. So, you know, if we're, like, confronted with, like, a lot of these situations, we also have that, like, that, like you know, innate kind of, like, Irish trait where it's like, you know, we don't want a conversation. Ah, uh, yeah, they're only having the crack. And it, it kind of like then leads to us enabling these behaviors as well, where, it, yeah. where what we really should be doing is be like, listen, Danny, you shouldn't say that to me because this, this, and this, and this. And like, you know, help Danny understand. But like, we're like, oh, it's grand. And leaving ourselves to be like, you know, discriminated against and really like, you know, enabling behaviors that goes, goes on to hurt us and hurt, hurt you know, my siblings and heard other black people in the future, you know? So it's, it's kind of like yeah. also up to us as black people to be like, right, I need to be brave and I need to like, you know, speak up. That's it. And it's one of the things actually, because when I was, I was talking to, to me girlfriend before, kind of, uh, I should say fiance, she'll kill me if she listens back to this. <laughs> before we are, uh, before we we're going to sit down to record and she was asking me, oh, who have you got on the podcast this week? And I was saying it to her and she was like, oh, I've I seen that Instagram account. And she was like, one of the stories that somebody put up it was they were saying that whole thing of, you know, um, somebody will ask them where they're from, they'll be like, Oh, Ireland and they'll be like, Where are you really from? And she's saying, That resonates with her. She's she's from Russia and her name's Oksana. So when she gives her name and someone's like, Oh, that's some weird name, where are you from? And she's like, Leash. And they're like, No, but like really where are you from? And it's those little things that people probably, you know, again, I'd like to think it's more so ignorance than anything else, but sometimes do you need that follow-up question? I mean, what's it matter? Does it, does it really matter? They're here and there. Exactly. Whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and, and it's like, you're like, oh, I'm only, har- I'm only asking a harmless question. Like, one, this person probably hears it all the time, yeah. okay? And two, it's like, all right, every time I hear this question, I, I have to validate. So this person thinks, like, you definitely can't be Irish, and I have to validate that I am Irish. Do you know what I mean? Or I have to validate where I'm from. Whereas, like, you know, like, you know, it's like, you know, for example, to you, Danny, it's like, if let's say you're abroad or whatever, 
and all times so as asked is like you know where are you from or where are you really from like yeah i get it because you know we're away but if you're living in ireland this is where you live and you get all the time you're like yeah here like do i like you're just telling me that i i, I there's no way that i can be irish do you kind of get what i mean yeah 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 that's it man. That, yeah that's actually a good way it's it it always happens when um, we have uh, a sports star that's uh, a, a successful sports star that's black, and you're kind of kind of saying or you kind of see on Twitter, "Oh, fair play to so and so; they've just won a gold medal." And then the, someone says, uh, "Where are they from?" And then it's like Waterford. I ah, yeah, but where are they really from? Yeah, it's like they're they're Irish. They just won a medal for Ireland. They're from Waterford. Literally. And you'll see that with the athletics team now because uh, yeah. there's a lot of uh, black athletes on it. And you do be cringing when a sports uh, Twitter page is congratulating them on the gold medal or a silver medal or whatever because you know the comments are going to go, well, they're hardly Irish. Mm. You yeah, know, it's, and it's it's it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's real pressure goes through the roof. That whole thing now, isn't it? Like, we've, we're, we're coming into an age where when it, like I think you were saying it earlier on, Mero, that whole thing of like in the early noughties, there was kind of you know a lot more people kind of immigrating into Ireland. Kind of Ireland was having a boom or whatever. There was more opportunities, that kind of thing. So now those people have settled here. They've they've you know integrated in society. They've had their families here. Their kids have grown up here. And those kids are getting to an age where you know fucking fingers crossed we'll get a decent football team out of it. But like. You will, you'll see surnames that aren't Murphy and that aren't O'Brien and you're going to see people of different skin colours and people that have different backgrounds and one thing and the other and it, it's brilliant, it's amazing, we should be fucking embracing it and saying holy shit this is, this is class like, you know what I mean, we're not just all, yeah. Yeah. you know, I don't understand why people jump you know to kind of weird fucking idea of yeah, but like, are they actually Irish? I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, come what on. the fuck? Yeah. Why, why does it matter? Like, you know, it's the world we live in today. We live in such a small world, you know? Yeah. The world, everywhere you go, it, like, it doesn't matter, like, where you're really from or whatever anymore. It's like everyone, all society is like massively integrated. You know, you don't just have, you know, American people. Maybe they were bad. You don't just have, like, you know, Chinese people living in uh, China anymore. You don't just have like, you know, Nigerian people living in Nigeria anymore. It's just like everywhere, you know, in the UK, it's all like a massive diversification of culture. And I suppose maybe it's like getting used to that and like realizing that, um, you know, that's normality now. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's weird as well. I'm, I'm always just like cringing when an Irish person kind of brings up that whole thing of like, immigrants and I'm using air quotes there and I'm kind of like man you could be walking in downtown Beijing and not hear a drop of English but suddenly you'll just hear the patty how are you boss like we're every we're, 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 we're we like I mean fuck coronavirus we spread way quick <laughs> and I mean just to have somebody so ignorant that they're kind of ignoring the fact that for centuries, Irish people have been going all over the globe and settling and one thing and the other, just, oh, come on, man, come on. So, yeah. Danny, why do you think that we don't, uh, there's a lot of, not no, there's a, it's a minority, but it's a, it's, yeah. it can be a vocal minority. Why don't you think they relate the two or correlate the two? I'd like to think it's just ignorance or stupidity, but sometimes I think that's giving people too much credit. Um, right. 
like there are definitely a couple of people who are quite sinister in their top pattern. And if, if you know, unfortunately, if you're not pale-skinned, freckled, and your surname isn't Murphy or O'Brien, then they're gonna raise an eyebrow and wonder, mm, you know, what is this or who is this kind of thing. Um, and you kind of see it. You like the the, the weird thing is, and we are kind of social media definitely has uh, has its down, downsides. But I think in an odd way, it also shines a light on some of the people that are problematic in society, you know, like the the, the general yeah. authorities, the John Walters, these kind of people where you're like, you know what, I think I'd rather know me racist than have them kind of with, with a big opinion piece in a national newspaper or whatever every week where they're getting to spread that opinion without it being checked regularly, you know? Yeah, and you know what, Absolutely. again, like, I suppose like it's, it's not necessarily just people who are like, you know, ignorant whatever i give you like a few examples like we'd have like loads of people like trolling us not necessarily trolling us like you know people with fake accounts coming on and like some of them are like are like extremely articulate and like i've gone mm. and like done their research and there's some guy who like slid into my dms during this like you know what you like went out of his way to find our instagram page and then like find out my name and find me on facebook message me on facebook he was like you know what you're doing is genocide you guys or you, your people come over here. It's commit, it's committing genocide on what was it? Committing genocide on like being Irish. And he was like, he went, he went along and like you know, like really like articulated his message or whatever. And I was like, oh, you know, really you are committing genocide. Like I'm joking, but like as like if someone that are, you know someone's being really articulate and you yeah. can see how like you know they can impress that opinion on someone else and like other people pick up that opinion. Do you, do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, because there is, there, there's a few of those people. I think, I can't remember what, uh, well, I'm using the term political party very, very fucking, you know. Loosely. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're not, but like, I think it's the, the Irish Nationalist Party or the Irish National Party or something like that. But Free, the, Irish Freedom Party and then the National Party. Yeah, that, that was that. One of the guys who founded one of them, I can't remember which one exactly, but he subscribes yeah. to that whole great replacement conspiracy thing. Yeah, Herman Kelly, is it? Herman Kelly, yes, yeah. Uh, the, the, Irish Freedom Party. And I'm like, and when you were saying that there, for me, but kind of them messaging you and being like, it's genocide and all, I'm like, man, these people, like, me like you know they clearly do have a brain if they're able to go off and do a certain amount of research yeah. but the research clearly stops somewhere and you know what i mean it's like man you nearly, <laughs> nearly joined all the dots you can't just stop halfway or you end up with a fucking half-baked idea like this and it's dangerous it's so dangerous and it's scary and, and i suppose that you can see how at least the formulation of like things like you know like you know the english defense league and this, you know, Irish Freedom Party. I can see why people buy into the ideas. So that's why we, you know, we also need organizations like us and other other things to like counteract that. Because people, I, I, I've stopped giving like human beings credit for being like, you know, smart or whatever. I just think that like, you know, not necessarily everyone is an idiot, but like everyone is susceptible to having opinions that they haven't fully thought out yet. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, and I'm giving so that you, well, like. Yeah, I'm an I'm yeah. opinion on everything, expert on nothing. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm the exact same. You've been sure well, though, Danny. Has he, though? He used to always get into rows, and now he's not settled down. I, I still laugh at farts in the bath, you know what I mean? I'm not that mature. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you were having a proper serious conversation, I thought just now. <laughs> 
<laughs> Would you ever get into uh, politics, Femi? Absolutely not. Oh, like, I'll be very honest with you. It's just like, um, I feel like I'm too selfish to get into politics. Like, I don't care enough. If I was ever getting into politics, it would be for my own selfish like, endeavors. And that, I feel, is you know, acceptable. Even the fact that you have that maturity of thought, though, man, it says a lot about kind of your own character compared to some of the people that we do have in politics. You know what I mean? So like, exactly. that's that's exactly what they're after, like you know. <laughs> <laughs> but come uh, here, man. Look, we we we've kept you for like more than enough time this evening. So thanks very much for. Uh, for I really enjoyed it. Really yeah, enjoyed it was a great it. chat, Femi. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and, and I love like. I, see that. Yeah, I mean, just. The stuff that page is producing, man, please keep going. You and the guys are doing unbelievable work. And like we said a couple of times tonight, that like education is so important. And that, that page is doing a lot to, to try and give people a little bit more awareness and a little bit more insight into what being black and Irish is about. So please just keep doing it, man. It's unbelievable. Like, Thanks very much, lads. Um, thanks so much for having me on as well. I've really um, enjoyed the conversation. It's been great to come on your platform. Love it, man. Cheers. Cheers um, just if, if, if people just want to ask plug for it as well, if people want to follow you or follow the page or, or whatever, where can they get it all, man? Yeah, so we're on Instagram at black underscore and Irish, and we're on Facebook as black and Irish as well. So we're on those two uh, pieces of media with more coming soon. Oh, Love all right, then. All right. Great stuff. Well, Femi, we'll, we'll leave it there, man. Thanks again. Loved every minute of this one. No bother, lads. Thanks, Femi. All, right. All the best, bud. Chat later. Really enjoyed that. Really enjoyed that. Femi's a gent. That was good. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. And fair play him and all, and all his mates for yeah. setting up the movement. And it was an education uh, conversation as well, I thought. So hopefully yeah, that's it. Like, people, will, people will like it. Well, that's it. Like, and it's, it's one of those things where you know, it kind of people take an initiative and went out on a limb and it's 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 working, it's doing well. And I know Femi kind of said that over the last couple of weeks kind of momentum has kind of dipped a little bit and they can see that. But I think the message is out there and even if people aren't actively engaging with it, if they're still thinking about it, then mission accomplished for those lads. So fair play to them. It's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant thing. Yeah. If you're not following it already, lads, do jump on board and uh, check out some of them. There's one, actually, I meant to talk to him about it. Uh, one of the stories that they shared on it when they were doing the kind of the history week on, on the page, Tom Molyneux, um, a black boxer in Ireland in the 1700s, I think it was. Fucking amazing story. Just looked that one up. I think a couple of years ago, I think, and I only noticed from the, the page, Katie Taylor, uh, either she either done like a memorial thing for him or went and visited the grave or something like that or she unveiled like a, a plaque or something like that for him um, but the story of Tom Molyneux absolutely incredible story so I'd say even just look that up for a flavour of some of the stuff that Black and Irish brings to um, brings to the internet yeah really enjoyed it definitely really enjoyed it yeah so where can you listen to it Dan? Uh, you can listen to it and all preceding 209 episodes of WTS Pod on WTSPod.com or you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Spotify, Podcast Addict, Google Podcasts, anywhere and everywhere there's a podcast, you just search WTS Pod and we'll be there waiting for you, ready to download, coming into your eardrums like two little royals. Um, I don't know why I said that. <laughs>
if you want to get us on social media, you can check out at WTS <laughs> or you can check out at Mergamania or I'm at Dan Joe Murray. Um, but yeah, that's it for this week, lads. <laughs> Anyways, until next one. See you guys. Cool, Adlers. That's the beast, Jack. <laughs>